This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. You're listening to the Old School Blues Podcast. And welcome back to the Old School Blues Podcast. This is episode nine. I'm DM Vince. I'm sitting with just the lonely DM Glenn this week. The lonely DM Glenn. That's right. You got you got you got a washer and dryer I can look at. No, not that lonely guy. No, no. Not the Maytag repairman. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm old. Shush. Yeah, really. Time to make the donuts, Glenn, right? I had time to read the donuts. Anyway, 2017 is here. Old School Blues is back. We are back with some more fun and exciting episodes for the Dead Game Society chapter of uh, Texas. The Texas chapter of Dead Game. I said that backwards. Of Dead Game Society. There we go. Yay. There we go. Yay. Uh, we were just talking before the show started. I said, uh, back in the the sod days, I used to mention all my... I, this is a great show because it's about old school all kinds of old school. I don't have to like just D and D or something like that. No, I can actually no, no. reference another old school game. It's cool. Oh yeah, we, I, we have tons of stuff planned. Right, we got a we're going to be talking to uh, the uh, Mark Hunt of uh, Gangbusters in the upcoming yeah, weeks. Glenn and I are going to sit down with him and do a, like an exclusive interview about what's going on with Gangbusters. We all love Gangbusters. Oh yes, we do. And uh, I just. You know, like in the early sod days, um, you know, I would talk about what I was doing, the games I was running, and you know, like then I got the the videos and the the other, you know, said they goes hammering. Nobody ever bothered me about that. But then the feedback I would get back is, you talk too much about champions. <laughs> it's like, dude, that was my go-to for twelve years, and I have to say, it shaped about half of my GMing experience. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna mention it once in a while. That's anyway. funny. You're, you're old. You've been you've been hot to trot with the old man Grognard lately. You've been doing the old man Grognard after dark, and then was it? A, oh yeah, an email show too. What do you have? Three shows in one for that? I got or? four shows. Oh four. What's the fourth one? The fourth one is old man Grognard presents. Oops. And what's that about? I've only done three episodes of it. It's it's oops O O P out of print. So, and so I'm trying to bring shine light on the old school stuff that is out of print, but is still good to use. I sort of split it off from the review show. You have too many too many branches of old man Grogdar now. <laughs> well, you know, so it's gotten so popular, people. Are so, I've got this stack of stuff I have to read, and I'm not a fast reader, so. It's really, you know, the only uh, thing you're missing in, in After Dark is a cigarette in your hand. That's about it. No, can't do that. I know you can't, but that's all the only, or like a cigar or something. <laughs> you need you need smooth jazz music playing in the background. Well, I do my intro. Well, the entire time, like you're in a nightclub in the corner or something talking. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. People keep asking what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Oh, you stink. Oh. So anyway, go on YouTube. and you because I never know, never know when you're recording or not. Anyway. I'm recording right now because we're doing a show, Glenn. I know. Anyway, 
Go over to YouTube, pop in the keyword Old Man Grognard, and you will see Glenn's lovable little face pop up with a hat on, and you can listen to all his shows. Or well, actually watch yes, all his so, shows. You, you can watch him do it. You listen to him. I don't care. Okay. I listen. mean, I, I, I watch those more than I listen to my podcasts. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, I've, I've, I went back like six months ago to watch some of the old ones. I go, damn, that's good advice. What happened? How did I do that? You, you know you're getting old when you can't even remember what you've said. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, there's there's uh, the main Old Man Grognard show. I st- <laughs> it's kind of come to a, sort of a halt. I still do one every once in a while, but every time I do one, I go, have I talked about this before? I don't remember if I talked about this before. <laughs> don't you have a spreadsheet with everything listed down, what you've done? You're 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 mistaking me for somebody who's organized. Oh yeah, like everything that I do is organized. So yeah. Well, you got spreadsheets. You're right. I do. You're right. I do. Brian, I, I think, Hammer's got spreadsheets. James yes. has got spreadsheets. So, I did. I did make yeah, James do a spreadsheet. Organized. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are organized. So um, so what's up, Vince? What do we what do we got for this show? Well, let's head into. This is how we roll. and be on the lookout for Gangbusters, the world's greatest role-playing game of cops and robbers. That's right. Gangbusters puts your group right in the middle of Prohibition-era America where the booze is cold, the jazz hot, and there's always a crooked buck to be made and plenty of lawmen to stop it. In Gangbusters, your players can play fearless FBI agents, honest and not-so-honest cops, prohibition agents, hard-boiled private eyes, and reporters always sniffing around for the big story. Or they can play the other side as notorious bank robbers, foot soldiers for the mob, bootleggers, thugs, gun malls, enforcers, and any number of wise guys waking their way up to the big boss and trying to keep breathing in the process. Raid warehouses for hooch, knock over banks, rub elbows with the rich and notorious at the local speakeasy, run one last job for the boss, shut down the rackets, all to the tune of your fist and your trusty heater. Gunfights, car chases, shakedowns, all using a simple percentile system. It's loads of fun for everybody, so don't be a chump. Get the Gangbusters role-playing game at DriveThruRPG or RPG Now, and tell them Mike sent you. Hey everybody, just wanted to make sure you know about our new sponsor, the Open Gaming Store, run by John Rice, the same guy who created D20PFSRD.com, and sales from the store support the Pathfinder SRD website, as well as his other SRD websites. For every $20 in your order, you get a free PDF from D20PFSRD.com Publishing. And if you're a backer on John's Patreon at any level, you get 10% off all orders. So check out OpenGamingStore.com to support Open Gaming. All right, so what do we got this week, and this is how we roll. Damn, bumpers. Yes, we got bumpers and commercials. So uh, We got bumpers. Well, we got commercials when I do them. <laughs> uh, we have. Uh, we actually have uh, John Rice's uh, Patreon com- uh, commercial in there, too. Don't forget. Ooh, we do. We do. The one that you did, remember? And then I've been throwing in your Gangbusters uh, promo that you did for oh, me. Oh, that's right. I mean, once again, you know, disorganized. Don't know what I did. <laughs> anyway, what we have this week is we have a little gem that came from um, Todd in an email. He's saying that with clenched teeth. <laughs> no, I'm not. Gem? No, no, no. It's, it's a gem from Todd. I guess he uh, 
saw this and wanted us to review it. It's called, uh, it's an escape dungeon, as I like to call it. But the actual term is, let me grab my iPad here. It's called Escape from Gronko's Lair. And it's a reverse dungeon. More now, or less. Yeah, well, when I say reverse dungeon, I mean is you're starting in the center, waking up, and you have to find your way out of the dungeon as opposed to starting at the beginning of the dungeon and making your way down to kill the big bad. Right. Or find the gold, or find whatever you're looking for. Right. So this is an OSR adventure for low-level characters uh, by Stuart P. Keating, not to be confused with Michael P. Keaton. Um, <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. And it was entered into Eric Tankar's Tankar's Tavern 2012 contest, uh, design a dungeon contest featuring a Dyson Logos map. Or actually, it was two maps, I think. Or is it one map he split up? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I'm looking at I made a... Uh... I printed out a copy. I think it's just two maps that they used, but combined together. Tell me. Yeah, two maps. All right, so first things first, Glenn, overall impressions. I kind of like it mm-hmm. in a goofy Ed Wood type of way. A goofy Ed Wood type of way. Well, so I think that you call it a reverse dungeon, and I've seen my share of reverse dungeons, all right. and uh-huh. I think this one goes down the easiest. What I mean is, what happens is, the backstory is, the characters go to clean out this, uh, what is it, orc lair or ogre lair, whatever the hell it is, and they get into the middle, and a trap goes off when the thief is trying to open a chest, and they get hit with a, uh, what, feeble mind spell or some kind of sleep spell and stuff, Mm -hmm. and they wake up, they don't remember how, they remember who they are, remember why they were there, but they don't know how they got there. It's a selective memory spell. <laughs> it was a selective memory. It, it's based, but the, see, most of the most of the reverse dungeons I've seen is like, okay, you start in a cell, everything's been taken from you, you're shackled to the wall. This one, you're already there, you got all your stuff, except maybe some things that have been used up or something, like you know, spell components or whatever. And you got to find your way out. And people, and the thing is, you meet the stuff. I mean, you meet the traps you got past and kind of you know you already disarmed them and stuff but you meet monsters that like you've defeated before or you killed this one and his brother shows up (laughs) or you know and you think you're out of it when you're out of the dungeon but no there's the big bad with a whole bunch of other goblins or ogres or whatever waiting for you to come out yeah because you you trounced his lair and he's mad. So I find it an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, Execution-wise, it's pretty bland. It gives you enough to it gives you enough to to do stuff. And I'm I'm looking at it as something to throw in my bag for a beginner beginner group. Okay. Right. Uh, Low level beginner group people who say I always want to try this D and D thing. I said, well, I just happen to have something right here. We can make characters, or if I have pre-gens, give it to them, and, you know, let's go. So this is your go-to I Want to Learn D&D module? Pretty much. I've got, like, three or four in my bag. You just carry around everywhere? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've got the I've got the Menser dungeon. I've got the Holmes dungeon in there. I think I have the Moldvade dungeon in there. Uh, just I printed them out, and it's like, okay, I know these. You know, I could, I could slap them down and do them. Um, what about you? 
Well, I like the concept of this module. Um, I don't like the fact that there's very little art in here. Art? Who needs art? Well, I mean, there's just like walls and walls and walls of text. And more walls of text. There's like no break in this. And it, the, True. the font, I don't like the font. Oh, I should send you a copy of the... If I had a copy of White Hack, I'd send it to you. You'd love that. Why? White That's Hack? That's like... It's, it, looks, it looks like a uh, medical student's thesis. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's a good system. It's just, you know, no, no text, walls, and, walls of text, and tables. <laughs> is, that, is that any relation to the Black Hack, or...? Uh, I think the Black Hack came afterwards. In fact, I did a review of the Black Hack on Omen Grognard, and then somebody got home and said, oh, you should try the White Hack. Okay, well, I ordered the White Hack, and I got it. What's weird about the White Hack is there's no PDF. He won't He won't sell. He won't sell PDF. He's going really old school. You only get a physical copy, and that's it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but it's like, what, 10 bucks, you know? No, that's not, yeah, that's not big. So, I mean, you can get the more deluxe version and stuff, but the one I got, 10 bucks, that'll do. You know? So anyway, back to this. Yeah. Um it the the text is just too much. I mean, it's just like a lot to take in when you first look at this, and you kind of like it oh, is. Ugh. I mean, it's written really well. There's no real mistakes or anything that I, that I saw. Maybe one two little no. tiny typos, but that's no big deal. That happens. No. But I felt that he was trying really hard in this module to put as much into it as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I I give it I give it points for being a good. I don't know if, I don't know if this is a first try with him or not, but I give points for it if it is. Oh, he does a good job in executing everything. It's just like I felt he was trying a little too hard because it was a contest. Right. He was like, "Well, this is a contest. I'm gonna have to like put my best foot forward and you know put as much stuff in here to try to impress the judges type thing." Right. But it, it comes it comes off as a really well done. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, amateur dungeon. <laughs> so okay, so what is the, one dir of the dirty word amateur? <laughs> How dare you! Oh, you sir. And since you, well, why did you think this was like an Ed Wood module? By the way, well, it just it, I'm not going to say it was. He slapped it together. <sighs> Like, are we going to see like a a, but, a stock footage of an octopus flying through the module, or you know, the yeah, in a graveyard with gravestones that are cardboard? Uh, <laughs> and Bella Lugosi, one minute like wandering. Well, no, it just it, it had that. It had that. I really want to make a. I really want to write a module, but I've never written one before. But I'm going to do it anyway. I oh. mean, he's done his research. He's done. He's laid it out really nice. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, he's but like I said, it's, it feels a little forced, um, and it feels a little, like I said, rushed and forced. And from what I know of Ed Wood stuff, he would write a script and then that's it, no changes. He'd write a script 15 minutes before filming it, and then that's the end of it. Well, I don't know about that, but he said, "Man, everybody goes, man, he works fast. He writes out a script. He says, yeah, but he never revises them. It's just like this is perfect. Take it, you know that kind of thing. The uh, henceforth Glenn and Glenda. Yeah, Glenn or Glenda. Oh, that's that was a fun film. Um, and uh, what, was anyway. the, what was the one with Tor in it? Uh, Tor and Bella. Oh, there was a Bride of the Monster, and uh, there was another one, Curse of Plan the, Nine or something like Curse that. Of the, something or a, no, he wasn't in Plan Nine. Yes, no? he was in Plan Nine. Yeah, Plan Nine. That was the one with with uh, Tor. There was Bride of the Monster, Plan Nine, and uh, Night of the Ghouls. Yes, all and, absolutely uh, horrible movies. 
Yes, I love Brian the Monster. Just I love watching the Ed, the uh, Mystery Science Theater version of that. Well, well, everybody does. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> who doesn't love and that? Oh, show? There's also a favorite of mine called The Sinister Urge. Look it up sometime. It's like really bad dragnet about. Uh, it's about the effect of pornography on society. Oh Lord. Yeah. And, anyway, uh, so what's your, anyway, what is, but that's, that's what I mean. Kind of like Ed Wood is, it's like he has his passion kind of overbounded a little of his talent, just a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause that's what, that's basically what Ed Wood was. He had all this, he wanted to make movies, but he didn't care if he was talented or not, but he wanted to make movies. But, <laughs> and that's the impression I get out of the module. I want to write a module. I don't, I don't know much about writing modules, but I rather write a module. The mail we're going to get on the show, I swear. Yes, all the review, all mail can be sent to Glenn at Glenn.com. No, the you can send emails to complain about Glenn at Old School Podcast at DGSTexas.com or head over to DGSTexas.com and contact and click on Contact Us and you can be sent an email to us directly. You know what's weird about this? You were going to be the bad cop and I was going to be the good cop, but I think I'm bashing it more than you are. I wasn't bashing anything. I don't know what you're talking okay. about, Glenn. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite part of the module I kind of like is the weeping statue room. Oh, you like that one? I kind of like that. I don't know where you got the concept from, but I kind of like the idea with the the, uh, the gold coins, and you have to figure out to put the gold coins in the statue's eye, and the dagger uh-huh. and the slit in the th- uh, the da- uh, and the slit in the throat of the statue. You got to put a dagger in there, and that'll yeah, trigger that, it. That, I missed that the first time. Going what? What yeah. would stick the what the where? <laughs> but I wonder. Oh. If, I wonder if a, a party would get that. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's almost like you don't want to hand it to him, but let's just watch him squirm for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your <laughs> my favorite? Yeah. What's yours? the ending? The ambush at the end. Oh, where uh... he's all waiting for him to come out. It's like he's okay, guys, attack. Yeah, he's just kind of sitting there on top of what the heck was he sitting on a boar or something or Yeah. Yes. You trash my place, you're dead meat. Attack. <laughs> yeah, I could just see him out there like you're dead now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it has a lot of fun in it. I would recommend it just for, you know, don't expect you know, don't expect uh, you know, a big, you know, a big uh hoo-ha dungeon or anything like that but it's great for like like i said you know starter starter stuff Hmm. or if it's at two or two or three in the morning and you're all either drunk or tired and say oh let's play this you know that kind of thing i did also like the trap stairs when they were just chucking stuff down the stairs at the players yes that was great that see, that's another thing about like the Gonzo how did part we get of it? in there? Why are they doing this? <laughs> I want to know. What, like he even says it in the module because like he he fourth walls it in the module himself. Yeah. The one of the barrels is full of goblin poop, and it's just like, <laughs> why are the goblins pooping in barrels? He actually says the s word, but I'm not going to say it here. And why are they storing it? Negative two to charisma base project. It's like, why are they storing poop in barrels? <laughs> maybe they're making gun. Maybe they're making gunpowder out of poop. <laughs> you could make gunpowder out of poop. Oh, I didn't know so, that. What are the ingredients? I don't think goblins are smart enough to make gunpowder out of poop, Glenn. <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe the ogre does, or maybe they know a half-orc or something. I don't know. 
Well, I like how he also names the little groups too. Yes, those are cute. Yeah, those are real cute. The the shield ba- the the, the kind of like they're like bashers and stuff like that. They're like they're mob gangs or something. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it has its own little charm to it. It's Edward charm. Yeah, that too. That too. No, it's just it's 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 a it's just something you know it's there. Let me put it that way. And I would recommend people getting it. Just you know, what I said. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Buyer is it's buyer beware. I just I just told you this is what it's all about, so you know it going in. Okay. That's all. What do you What do you give it? Do Do we do any kind of rating system? I forgot we do rating system. Yeah, we or... do. We do uh, tankards, uh, uh, one to five. Uh, you can pick okay. up this module on Drive Through RPG or RPG Now, and it's a pay as you uh, pay pay what you it, want. Yeah, for cheapskates like me, for people like Glenn who don't feel like paying for anything at all. <laughs> I could go into something, but I'm not going to. Dollar dollar twenty seven is the average contribution for this, and uh, it has no reviews, so we're going to be the first person to put a review up here. Yay! And you give it what? How many tank? How many tankards? Tankards, not tankars. <laughs> I think we ought to. Are we going to put the reviews on the website? Because yeah, we, instead of tankards, you should put little pictures of Eric. That was the, yeah. That was the joke the last time because I kept saying tankers and then tankers and I was like tankards and I was like that'd be uh, funny because I'm going to put little pictures of Eric's head on there. Yeah, two and a half tankars. Yeah, um, three. You want to give him three? I'll give it three too. Three, yeah. not two. Three also. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're, so it's a also, solid three out of five. It's a solid three out of five. You can't really go wrong with it. Just know what you're getting into. You're not getting into a campaign. It's just... I to frivolity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now. Yes. Nothing. Um, no, I, I thought you had a revelation there going on there. No, no. I was. I originally was going to do that, and then I was going to do a good module, but I'm going to not going to do that because what I just said about the other module. Um, well, what's your idea of the good module then? Well, I just happen to have it in front of me: the Shrine of Saint Alina. The Shrine Small of Niche, Saint Alina. Small Niche Games for Labyrinth Lord. Oh, what's that about? Well, it's once again, it's a starter dungeon. It's a starter, excuse me, module for. Um, three to six characters, the first to third level. And it's a basic dungeon crawl, as far as I can tell. Um, they do, it, it takes a few it, um, unique things in here. Um, it's a, uh, St. Alina Shrine has been defaced. Um, what, what's the word where they, like, they deface everything and Desecrate? they... Desecrate? Desecrate, thank you. They, it's been desecrated, but it's not the normal desecration. Okay. Because basically what happened is ages ago, Alina was an adventurer who stopped this big bad wizard, and she died doing it, but he was defeated, but not totally. But, you know, and so the church said, we're going to put a shrine up here, and the big bad came back and cursed it. Hmm. And it's an interesting curse because you walk into the, you walk into the shrine – and nothing's really defaced. Everything's there. But 
he says there's like these tendrils of black all over the place that are just undulating like you know like like really dark fog and such and that's what's corrupting it and i mean you have like uh the brothers of saint alina who come back twisted as a uh as ghouls or zombies and you've got a giant snake in one of the tombs and stuff. So it's not your normal desecration. Also, this spell tends to attract monsters, okay. all kinds of monsters from like uh, uh, miles away. And so I thought how that's great for like, um, for starting characters because that way you can pretty much within reason throw anything you want at them and say, well, it was just following the order of this curse to come to this temple. You know, they already got a goblin tribe hanging around there. Um, they've got all these uh, encounters, one of them, which is like a Medusa who showed up because she was attracted by the curse and it just, it, it sets it up nice enough for the DM so you can you can put whatever you want in here. Plus, you've got the interesting thing about the curse being de the, the temple being defaced, but not quite defaced, if okay. you know what I mean. Yeah. And you don't really fight the big bad. You fight his uh, dragon, not a, a dragon, but it's some kind of demon thing that's doing his business, his bidding. And is he doing his business on the temple? No, no. Uh, doing, that's gross. Yeah, sorry. Uh, doing his bidding, and you defeat that because the big bad's supposed to be like the big overall bad that you fight for. Like, if this is the start of a campaign, he'd be the big big bad. You know what I mean? He'd be the he'd be the uh, Sauron of the campaign. Yeah, I'm looking at this module. Uh, this is how a module should look. Yeah. Like this font, um, this font is really nice to look at. It is. I mean, all of his stuff looks great. It's all in this two really clear two column format, with nice maps and nice illustrations. And uh, they talk about and you know the Saint Helena area. It's in the uh, the Amherst uh, campaign. Who did the world. artwork? Who did the artwork on page seven? Uh, page seven. That picture uh, of the woman and the guys in the back. That's some... Oh, that's... Uh, I can't tell. Let me look in the front page here. Uh, come on, guys. Dang, there we go. Uh, artwork. All, all the artwork is Luigi Castellani. Oh, well, he, and he does art. artwork for, all, for a lot of these, including the source books that I have yet to read. Um, <sighs> this is from the, this is from the uh, Chronicles of Amherst World, mm -hmm. but you can put it anywhere. The shrine, which may, well, this... it's got a D100, or not a D100, but it's got a, uh, it's got about 12 rumors, but the encounters, these are the, the random encounters they put in here. It's not like, oh, you're fighting an bear now. Oh, there's something, <laughs> you know, this displacer beast comes up or something. No, these are actual, like, almost little plots. Yeah, I like this. Um, like the one I talked about, the Medusa, basically she was attracted by the curse to come to the temple and, you know, she's walking from the river and there's these three like statues of fishermen there. And so she wants the party to take him somewhere and she's like trying to fake him out. 
And there's, oh, I was encouraged to be a Medusa. And if they don't buy it, she just pulls her hood off and goes, okay, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, they got traveling wizard, what lies beneath, all this other stuff that isn't your normal encounters. You can have normal encounters in here. If you want to run into an owlbear, I'm sure your DM can accommodate you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sure. it's not got the usual stuff, which is nice, which gives it a lot of nice flavor. Pete Spawn writes some of the best stuff I've ever written, read oh, yeah. for old school games. I, I, I just, like Pete's stuff. That's why I always use when I was doing Save or Die in the beginning, I always grabbed a lot of his material to review because I liked how he wrote. Oh, yeah. I've got the Chronicles of Amherst that I got at North Texas last year. I read through that for the review. And then he's also got the uh, Guide to the Duchy of Valenwall, which is the area inside of Amherst, which is like a duchy. And then he's got Dolmve, which is a city in Valenwall, in there, plus the ghoul lands. and the go- He just, I can tell he's, it's very, very Mistar-like. Um, oh, if you've read any of the Gazetteers, okay. it's very, very Mistar-like. And to, I like that. Because to, you, you you read this and everything kind of comes alive. And you start get. I mean, I can't read five pages without getting ideas for games. Hmm. And his stuff. Uh, he just, he's the man. And he's put out some really nice modules. Uh, Saver Die has reviewed a few of his modules in the past. Yes, yes, I remember that. And uh, he's just great. Um, You can find that on DriveThruRPG2 and RPG Now. I don't know how much they are, but uh, because I've I've totally forgotten. But uh, it's there. And uh, I hope he writes more. I'm sure he's not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, that's the person. You know, we need him on this show as a guest shot. I have no problem. I mean, Peter we, Spawn. Yeah, we. Yeah. Then, we then we can have the tri the the dual. The Spawn Brothers. The Spawn Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it was it was like Peter Spawn that I saw James. I said, "You're not related, are you?" No, no, no. no. They're actually not related at all. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Unbelievable. But they're both in the gaming, and they both write, and they both and they both do write really good stuff. Uh, so the Shrine of Saint Helena is four ninety five for a PDF. Seven ninety five mm-hmm. for a soft cover P- uh, print on demand, and if you get the both, it's seven ninety five. So it's probably best. Now, is, that both. Sa- is that on sale right now? No, there's no sale going on right now. Okay, okay. Sometimes, I mean, p- people are. I always get the author when I do the Old Man Grognar reviews. I quote the actual price, and I always get the authors. Well, it's on sale right now. Why don't you say that? It's because it's not always going to be on sale. Yeah. I mean, if they go to the page, they'll figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, seven ninety five, and even if the even if the PDF is worth it, well, guys, it's a great way, and it's a great way to start a campaign. So yeah, seven ninety five, you get print on demand, and you get the uh, PDF, so you get both of the best of both worlds. That's right. And if you're an old fart like me who needs to have stuff printed out so I can sit there and read them, yes, Glenn is an know. old fart. We know. Yes. No, <laughs> I, I'm in the I'm in the same mm-hmm. boat as you, Glenn. I like reading stuff physically in my hand. So welcome to old. Old Farts Blues. <laughs> Old Farts Blues, where we complain about stuff. Those dang kids. Complain about gaming stuff. D&D, but, why can't I read that dang one book anymore? Anyway. Anyway. Let's going to put a wrap to this show for this week for the Old yeah. School Blues. We'll be back next episode. We hopefully, let's cross our fingers, Glenn. 
Yes. We get connected with Mr. Mark Hunt for Gangbusters. I hope so. I will try and remind him during the week. Oh, he's 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 marked it on his calendar. I know that. Much. Okay. Until then, hi everybody. No, sorry. Wait, wait a minute. Hey. <laughs> hi everybody. You mean goodbye, everybody? Yeah. Good night, folks. Good night.